98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. It is Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister and Mitch Burrell this with you. Thanks for checking out the show this weekend and spending part of your time with us. We are just waiting at this point for the final Arizona Cardinals injury report. I guess it's the Cardinals and the Raiders injury report, but let's be honest, we're hyper-focused on the Cardinals after what happened in week one. We want to know what that roster is going to look like heading into this weekend. Yeah, because last week we got off the air at one o'clock and there were a lot of questions. There were a lot of questionable players for that game. And then it came down around one ten. We found out that there were a lot of guys. There was a lot of movement. There were some roster decisions that were made as well. Some yes. guys called up from the practice squad and whatnot. Yes. So we're interested to find out what's going to happen. We should be getting that injury report here momentarily from the Cardinals. We'll let you know and keep you posted on some of the biggest things that are happening. I think with this week's injury report, the most interesting thing to me is that there are now two wide receivers that are out. And I'm not including DeAndre Hopkins in that, so I guess you could call it three. He's well, suspended, Can you obviously. even include Antoine Wesley in that, who's been on IR so far this season and yeah. hopes to be back by week five? I guess that's a good point. I guess I guess there's more out than I realized. So they're now down four out of what was supposed to be a very deep wide receivers room for this team. Rondale Moore, out. Andy Isabella, out. Now, last week, I said on the show, I, I thought that that was the perfect opportunity with Rondell Moore out for Andy Isabella to step up and play better. He asked for a trade in the offseason. Uh, the Cardinals let him seek one out. Apparently, they didn't find one that they, that they liked. No. Uh, and he's still around. He talked with Paul Calvisi, uh, I think it was after the last preseason game, saying basically, they counted me out. And I want an opportunity, and I want to play. And I thought last week was that chance with Rondell Moore out. Turns out, it was Greg Dortch. Instead of Andy Isabella. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Well, so they just came in. Uh, Not necessarily as long of a laundry list as last week's, but here are the roster moves. They have elevated linebacker Devon Kennard and cornerback Jace Whitaker to the active roster from the practice squad as standard elevation. So basically the same guys that they elevated last week got elevated again this week. Yeah, we talked about Devon Kennard was an interesting thing, right? Because going into week one, they released a depth chart, as teams do. And you always got to take those things with a grain of salt. They're not going to telegraph the punch, right? No. But one thing that was interesting was in a very light linebacking room, Devon Kennard was listed as the backup pass rusher in a scenario where he was still on the practice squad at that time. So we all kind of looked at that as like, okay, he's on the he's on the squad, but at the same time, he's probably going to play at some point. Right. Cardinals have now elevated him for the second week in a row. Jace Whitaker also elevated from the practice squad. You know what I really wonder? How many weeks are they going to keep doing this thing where Devon Kennard is a part of this team, but he's not a part of this team? Also, like, why, do they, why are they doing that? Why is this necessary? Roster manipulation is the first words that come to mind for me but it's also it's also a monetary ma- manipulation i wouldn't be like, too happy re- about it if i were him with respect to devon Kennard, he probably should be making like a veterans minimum kind of deal and instead he's making veteran practice squad money which is look it's to you and me it's no small amount 16 grand a week oh yeah but to him that's a significant pay cut right significant so i just wonder like why are they doing this is it specifically to save money there and we already know this team hasn't been spending a lot of money this offseason 
anyway. So I don't I don't understand what they're doing. I don't see this as much of a money thing as for me. It appears if you keep putting him on the practice squad, it appears that nobody else wants Devon Kennard, right? Right. Nobody else has picked him up. No. So the Cardinals, they've hedged their bet a little bit, and, and they're putting it out there, and they're saying, well, we're going to throw him on the practice squad, and if nobody appears to want him to take a, him away from us, then that's a place we can stash him, and we can use those roster spots elsewhere to try to keep other guys that maybe would be taken if we put them on the practice squad. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's roster manipulation for me. I don't think it's much more than that. I personally, just from a morality standpoint, I don't like it. But I guess if that's just a part of the business, then I have to accept it. But man, they've elevated Jace Whitaker again. So I wonder if Trayvon Mullen is going to be able to play at all this weekend again. Hard to tell. Also, it's not not a lot of roster moves. Only elevating a couple of guys. Yeah, no, this is not huge. And like you said, it's it's happened before, right? Especially in Kennard's case, like the, these are elevations that have happened before. And I would expect that we're going to continue to see that until a time when Devon Kennard becomes uh, a necessity. I mean, he feels God like forbid a somebody now. else gets God forbid somebody else gets injured, and all of a sudden you're not going to put that guy back on your practice squad. Steve, you'd understand he played fifty percent of the team's yeah. defensive snaps last <laughs> week. He did. He is a necessity. You're right. You're right. My Jay Sanders was a healthy scratch. Cam Thomas played 4%. Like, he is... I'm getting mad talking about it. I apologize. It is. No, no, but you're right. Because it's interesting because with those two rookies in particular, who they've talked up a lot at camp, by the way. The the team loved Cam Thomas And they gave them active roster spots. Right. And they're not using them. Right. It's interesting that... I always thought Devon Kennard would get a roster spot going into the season. I was shocked when he didn't, and they Same. put him on the practice squad. I didn't even know that a player of his stature or of his uh, service time in the league could be put on the practice squad. I had to look up the rules. Yeah, they changed like, the rule that, this year. How does that work? And then when they put him at second on the depth chart, I was like, well, if he's your second best pass rusher at that position, why isn't he just on the roster full time? So, so I guess we're going in circles, kind of. Logically, this makes no sense. I'm sure financially, structure-wise, this makes a lot of sense to them. But again, this just—it just—it's another thing that when you look at this Arizona Cardinals team, you wonder what the hell are you doing? Are you doing anything? I just look in general, like the methodology that they go about structuring their roster is—it—it—it—I feel like it's flawed. And every single year, they draft a bunch of new guys, and they emphasize, yeah, we're going to give these guys the reps. They're going to go out there. They're going to do all the stuff, the hard work. I mean, yeah, Zayvon Collins got 96% of the snaps on Sunday, but I barely heard his name at all. I'll tell you, too, the other the other side of the coin here is Jace Whitaker, a name that I don't think most fans would know necessarily. but Most NFL fans or Cardinal fans? Cardinals fans. I don't think most people know Jace Whitaker very well. He's a corner. Here's the thing about that. Does calling up Jace Whitaker mean to you that Trayvon Mullen's not ready? That he's not going to play this weekend? Ready as that's in how I read this. Ready as in he understands what he's being asked to do. Um, that's a good point. Those are two different things. I think that it's the injury keeping him off the field right now. There's not a lot of talent in front of him that's keeping him off the but field. But then we have to go back again, and we have to wonder why did you trade for a guy who's not healthy? Especially well, because you sent a significant amount of capital. I'll I'll, I'll flip the script on that. Okay. Why was he available via trade right before if week he's one? he's not healthy. Because he's not healthy. 
It, like, you always have be, to look at a trade both ways. But Why would the Raiders sh- be willing to get rid of them? That shouldn't be allowed then. You and I have seen baseball trades before. They get reversed because they failed a physical or something like that. Or they pitch. And the, the famous one that I think of is the Marlins-Padres trade where they, they traded a pitcher. I believe his name is Colin Ray. And he got hurt in his first start with the Marlins and they undid the trade. Because he wasn't healthy. And the Padres tried to hide that from them. I think in this situation, the Cardinals are desperate. They need corner help. Well, they're desperate more so because they also got shellacked in week one. The Raiders, uh, this is my estimation of that trade. The Raiders got tired of waiting for Trayvon Mullen. And they're trying to shed everything Gruden Mayock that they can. Maybe. Maybe that plays into it. But them elevating Jace Whitaker today, it kind of tells me that Trayvon Mullen's not playing on Sunday. That's how I read that. Which is Fair like, or otherwise. Which is like wry smile kind of a reaction. Where it's just like, great, here we go again. I can't wait as I clench my teeth through the another Cardinals game. Because you're right. I mean, Devon Kennard's probably going to continue to get a fair share of playing time. Despite being a practice squad elevation on a Saturday afternoon. Jace Whitaker, though, that tells me not necessarily something about his role in this upcoming game. But it tells me more about Trayvon Mullen. And about... The Antonio Hamilton situation, where he gets a freak injury while cooking, spilling oil on his feet. By the way, I, I heard that he was walking around the facility with normal shoes this week, is what I was told. That's good. That's, That's good. good. That's great progress. Burns are no no laughing matter in this case. No. I know it sounds like a silly way to get injured, but, I mean, that's that's got to hurt, man. No, it definitely hurts. Second, so degree, I, second degree burns. <laughs> I know we're trying to like build a mountain out of a molehill here. Two practice squad elevations is really not the end of the world. But these actually speak pretty powerfully about what we're going to see on Sunday. One being in the pass rush situation and then the other one being the cornerbacks. Because you just played a team in the, in the Chiefs who just carved you up. Patrick Mahomes had all day. There was no pressure whatsoever. He could do whatever he wanted. He had five touchdown passes in that game. You're about to play a very competent Derek Carr, who now has not only 100 catch receiver from last year, Hunter Renfro, but now he has Devontae Adams, who's a top five talent at his position in the NFL. You're facing another really dangerous passing game. And the next week you get the Rams. It just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It's passing game after passing game after passing game for the Cardinals. What's the expression? Can't stop, won't stop. But it just hurts every time we talk about it. All right, we'll close out this edition of Arizona Sports Saturday with our final thoughts and some predictions heading into Cardinals Raiders on Sunday. That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday. Hey, thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Vareldis with you on Arizona Sports Saturday. We just got the final, uh, I guess you could call it injury report. It's it's transactions right before Sunday's game. Uh, you're not missing a ton. Devon Kennard and Jace Whitaker both elevated from the practice squad as standard elevations. Basically what that means to me is uh, Kennard is still going to play like he did last week. And Jace Whitaker, that tells me that Trayvon Mullen's not ready to go. And I think those are probably the big two takeaways from Which that. means then you're looking at Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson primarily getting snaps on the corner. Oh, boy. You're probably right. That's probably what that means. So, as we go into week two, this is an interesting game. It's the Raiders. It's Las Vegas. The Cardinals go on the road for the first time this season after losing pretty badly at home against the Chiefs in week one. A game that I attended 
uh, a game that I looked at my girlfriend in the at the start of the fourth quarter and I said, "Listen, I I'm not this guy usually. I don't but like leaving games. <laughs> I don't like leaving games early, especially if I pay to go to a game. I'm like, I don't I don't want to like lose out on that that value that I paid for. But it was so bad that I looked at her and I said, "Hey, if you want to beat traffic, I get it." Yeah. And then, interestingly enough, the Cardinals turned it on in the fourth quarter. It was just way too late for that to happen. Going into week two, things are a little different. You're on the road. I know the Cardinals can't seem to win at home. They just have this thing about playing at home that I don't understand. So you get on the road. Maybe they, maybe they get their first win there. Vegas is interesting to me, but the number one storyline that I have my eyes on is the former Cardinal Chandler Jones and the pass rush situation that Vegas has going for them. Because... The Cardinals, not only did they not have their own pass rush against Kansas City, zero sacks, by the way, last season, or Zilch. last week. Zilcho. But I also felt the offensive line played pretty poorly as well. And that worries me heading into Vegas. I, I mean, it can't be the only thing that worries you heading into this weekend. Not the only thing. You know what I would like? I would like the offense to score more than seven points before the fourth quarter. You think that's doable? Uh, yeah, do you think it, it's, it's doable, doable with this offense? Because yeah. they they kind of failed to do that last week, and that was kind of embarrassing. And to your point, wanting to leave at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you didn't even see the Cardinals eclipse into, eclipse, excuse me, into double digits. No, we had another coworker we were talking to. He was tweeting from the game. He left halfway through the third quarter. Like of. This, the other thing that bothers me is like, of course you're going to be at a disadvantage when you're at home when your fans don't even want to stay for the whole game. It's one thing if it's, it's one thing if it's like a night game that's coming up and they're going to have a few primetime games this year and it's super late and it's a school night. It's like 10 o'clock, but the game is just about to start the fourth quarter. It's like you got to go home because you've got kids who are still like eight or nine years old or whatever. That's, that's one thing. It's another thing to get blown out before the third quarter is even done. And decide, you know what? I've had enough. I'm good. Bye-bye. See ya. There was a lot of red there, but it was definitely not red for the Cardinals. No, there was a lot of Chiefs fans. The only thing red for the Cardinals other than the jerseys were their uh, faces <laughs> after that performance. I was walking around on the concourse before the game. I mean, really, before, during, I wasn't there after the game, so I can't really attest to that, I guess. But I felt like there was just... This sea of Chiefs fans. And maybe there's just a lot of people who live here that used to live in Kansas. I don't, I don't really know how that works, but man, I, I felt like it felt to me sitting in the stands that people looked at last season's faltering at home. They were awful at home last season. It carried over into the season. The last time they won a game at home was October 24th last year, almost a full year ago. Six against total a, games. Against a bad Texans team. Yeah. That was the last time they won a game at home. Not exactly something to write home about. No. And so I felt, I, I felt it in my bones while watching that game from the stands that people realized that and sold their tickets. I know it was opening day. I know it's there's this level of excitement around the first game of the season. You start fresh from zero and zero. You got new players and new things to be excited about. I felt like it was not exciting in that stadium. Or they got bought out by Chiefs fans before Cardinals fans even had a chance to consider buying tickets for opening night. Maybe. Maybe it's the fact that Patrick Mahomes doesn't come to town all that often. I'll tell you this much. It's going to be like pitch black in that stadium tomorrow in Las Vegas. For their home opener? Oh, yeah. You're not the Cardinals fans are not going to travel nearly as well as the Chiefs fans did. No. 
I mean, granted, I don't Vegas, that. Vegas is only like a four and a half hour drive, so it is very doable for the devoted fans. But look, man, they're they're coming off a. Speaking of, they're coming off a game where they were outweighing the opponent team's fans in L.A. The Chargers get outnumbered every single game, but the Raiders they lost. So now you're thinking the Raiders are coming home, got these shiny new toys in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and a new coaching staff, and they're finally washing away the stink that was John Gruden. There's going to be a lot of black and silver in the stands. So building off of your point, if I had a prediction or a couple of predictions for you going into this game. Hit me. Here's one that I think I feel really strongly about. Devontae Adams is going to destroy in this game. Devontae Adams is going to have a day. I believe that. He proved it last week. He's still... He never lost his talent. Let's be clear about that. He's still Devontae Adams. Right. In a new scenario, in a new situation, new offense, new quarterback, new coach, doesn't matter. He's playing against a Cardinals defense that's just weakened. And remember, Jalen Thompson popped up on the injury report this week. Yeah. No es bueno. That, I mean, I know that safeties and receivers don't go one-on-one with each other very often, but the safety plays a huge role in the Arizona defense. You've got two top safeties in the entire league on this team. It's yeah. the strength of your defense. It's not the strength that I would like to have, but it's the strength they do have, personnel-wise, is their safeties. The cornerback room is decimated. Although Marco Wilson played really well in Week 1, I think he deserves a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. For a young player like that in his second season, I think that he deserves a ton of credit. But now he's being asked to cover most likely Hunter Renfro, who was a 100-plus reception receiver. It's a weird phrasing. He caught 100 balls last year. That was even weirder phrasing. I'm going to go off of your prediction and see somebody else from the Raiders is going to have a heyday, especially if he gets covered by Isaiah Simmons again. Darren Waller, the tight end for the Raiders. <laughs> if Travis Kelsey had the game that he had against Simmons... Darren Waller is like Kelsey 2.0. And just a tangent on Kelsey for a second. Was I the only one that jumped out of my chair while watching Travis Kelsey get suplanted by Derwin James? Oh my goodness, Derwin James is a monster. That happened on uh, Thursday Night Football. My goodness. Literally picked the dude up off the ground and body slammed him to the grass. And the fact that it happened just a couple of yards from the end zone is significant. Because Travis Kelsey gets in the end zone a lot. He did it against the Cardinals. It's just, Derwin James is another level of player, in my opinion. The Cardinals have two very good good. safeties. Derwin James might be better than both of them. There's a lot of good safeties in this league. Derwin James is most certainly one of them. We also forgot to give credit, and I don't know why we keep forgetting about it, but Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde with Buffalo, also a really, really good safety tandem. Those are underrated, though, because... I believe a lot of people learned their names when they were lesser players. And earlier in their careers, they were, they were, I mean, everybody has to come up through the ranks, right? I felt like Buda Baker became a top notch safety very, very quickly. Remember, Buda Baker is the same draft as Hassan Reddick. Right. Think about that if you had those two guys on the same defense right now. Not that long ago, if you think about it. Jalen Thompson, I I think you could compare to those two guys you just mentioned in Buffalo because at at one time, Jalen Thompson was getting playing time and we were all like, who is this guy? And we learned very quickly. He's really good and he is a really good open field tackler, which is like primary goal number one for a safety. Literally to save the rest of the defense. I'll have another, here's another prediction. Okay. Going off of one that I made last week. Last week, I predicted that J.J. Watt would be back and he would have a big game. Well, 
He did not. <laughs> he did not come back, and he did not have a big game because of that. Here's here's what I'll say going off of that. If J.J. Watt does not play in this game, I think we go another week without a sack. Oh. And that is painful to say. But this Raiders O-line is terrible. I know. It is absolutely terrible. Somebody has to get a sack. I think the natural prediction would be Marcus Golden. He's the best pass rusher on the team. Zach Allen? Maybe? Zach Allen is a good player. Mostly because I just want to see his sack dance where he like pets a cat and then he <laughs> does the hand thing. And the... I love his sack dance. Oh, my goodness. If J.J. Watt doesn't play, I feel like he's a key cog in getting this defensive line jump started. Because I think of him as a defensive lineman, not necessarily a pass rusher, even though he kind of, you know, they go hand in hand. It's the whole square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. He's a defensive lineman, but he's also a pass rusher. I I really think that if J.J. Watt doesn't play, they're going to struggle to gain some traction like they did in week one. Yep. No sacks. Are you kidding me? And poor communication on defense. I mean, I know the Chiefs are good, but no sacks? Well, a good part of that is Patrick Mahomes, but they also really retooled their offensive line after their loss to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. They've got one of the better O-lines in the league as a result. Any last predictions for you? I just had to play the music thing. Sorry. Um, so yes, so last week it was Kyler Murray will be the team, the uh, the game's leading rusher. That was not the case. Clyde Edwards-Helaire had a great day, but he was the team's leading rusher. I'll give you credit, half credit. I want to see that change, though. I don't want Kyler to be the team's leading rusher or the game's leading rusher. I want it to be James Conner. He wasn't as heavily involved early. No, he wasn't. I was bummed by that. And he's had 100-yard games before. He can do this. He doesn't just have to be a guy that pounds it in from three yards. He can get a 100-yard game against the Raiders. I could see it happening. Those are your final thoughts and predictions leading into Week 2, Cardinals versus Raiders in Vegas tomorrow. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the show this weekend. We appreciate you spending part of your college football Saturday with us. For Mitch Varelis, for Trevor Henry as well, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to Arizona Sports Saturday here on 98.7 FM. Arizona Sports Station.